भगवत गीता पर्व श्रीमद भगवत गीता दिस सेक्शन इज सो नेम्ड बिकॉज इट इंक्लूड्स द सॉन्ग सिलेस्टियल ओ द भगवत गीता द टीचिंग्स ऑफ कृष्ण टू अर्जुन द सेक्शन बिगिन्स विद द ड्रोमैटिक न्यूज दैट भीष्म हैज बीन किल्ड वेन संजय टेल्स धृतराष्ट्र दिस धृतराष्ट्र इज एस्टाउंडेड wishing to know how this came to be after a description of the arrangements for war the rest of this section is the bhagavad gita shrimad bhagavad gita chapter 1 dhritarashtra asked o sanjay having gathered on the holy plains of kurukshetra wanting to fight what did my sons and the sons of pandu do sanjay said at that time on seeing the pandav soldiers assembled in the battle formation king duryodhan went to the preceptor and spoke the following words oh preceptor Look at this great army of the Pandavas assembled in the battle formation by the son of Drupad. Yo talented student. Here there are courageous warriors with mighty bows, the equals of Bhim and Arjun in battle. Yuyudhan, Virat, Drupad and other Maharats Dhrishtaketu and Chikitan. The valiant king of Kashi, Purujit from the Kunti Bhoj clan and Shaib greatest among men the powerful yudhmanyu the brave uttamoja the son of subhadra the sons of draupadi all of them are maharathas oh best among brahmans now you should know the main warriors and leaders in my army for your knowledge i am naming them you yourself and bhishma and karna and kripa who wins battle ashvatthama and vikarna and the son of somdat there are many other brave warriors ready to give up their lives for my sake all of them are skilled in battle and they are armed with various weapons of attack me of us protected by bhishma is unlimited but this army of theirs protected by bhim is limited all of you occupy your respective positions at all the entry points to the army formation it is bhishma who must be protected creating happiness in his heart the powerful eldest of the kuru clan and the grandfather rode loudly like a lion and blew his conch shell then suddenly conch shell and kettle drums other kinds of drums and trumpets began to blare that sound became tremendous then seated in a great chariot to which white horses were harnessed madhava and pandava blew their divine conch shells rishikesh blew the conch shell named panchajanya and dhananjay blew the conch shell named devdatt vrikodar whose deeds give rise to fear blew the giant conch shell named pondra king yudhishthir the son of kunti blew the conch shell named anant vijaya Nakul blew the conch shell named Sughosha and Sahadev blew the conch shell named Mani Pushpaka the king of Kashi 
विद द ग्रेट बो एंड द महारथा शिखंडी दृष्ट दुम्य विराट एंड सत्य की हु इज नेवर डिफीटेड ध्रुपद द सन्स ऑफ द्रौपदी एंड द माइटी आर्म सन ऑफ सुभद्रा ऑल ऑफ देम ब्लू देयर सेपरेट कॉन्शियल्स ओ लॉर्ड ऑफ द अर्थ दैट ट्रमेंडस साउंड एकोड इन द स्काय एंड ऑन द अर्थ एंड पियर्स द हार्ट्स ऑफ दोज हु वर ऑन द साइड ऑफ द सन्स ऑफ धृतराष्ट्र then the son of pandu with the monkey on his banner saw the friends of dhritarashtra thus arranged in battle formation and got ready to use his weapons o lord of the earth he raised his bow and told rishikesh the following words o achyut place my chariot in between the two armies while i look at those who are desirous of battle and are assembled here let me see with whom i will have to fight in this war related business in a desire to do good to the evil hearted son of dhritarashtra they have gathered here desirous of fighting i want to see them oh descendant of the bharata lineage thus spoken to by gudakesha rishikesh placed that magnificent chariot between the two armies in front of bhishma drona and all the other rulers of the earth and said o parth look at those of the kuru clan who are assembled here there parts of fathers and grandfathers teachers and maternal uncles brothers sons grandsons and friends father in law and well-wishers in those two assembled armies seeing them all the friends and relatives assembled there The son of Kunti was overcome with great pity and in sadness uttered the following words O oh Krishna having seen these relatives here assembled with a desire to fight my body is going numb and my mouth is going dry my body is quivering and my body hair is standing up My skin is burning and the Gandhav is slipping from my hands. Oh Keshav, I cannot stand and my mind is in a whirl. The omens that I see are ill ones. I don't see any good that can come from killing one's relatives in a war. Oh Krishna, I don't want victory nor do I want the kingdom or happiness oh govinda what will we do with the kingdom or with pleasures or with life itself those for whose sake we want the kingdom and pleasures and happiness they are gathered here in war ready to give up their lives and their riches for scepters fathers sons and grandfathers maternal uncles fathers-in-law grandsons brothers-in-law and other relatives oh madhusudan i don't want to kill them even if they kill me forget this earth even for the kingdoms of three worlds oh janardan what pleasure will we derive from killing the sons of dhritarashtra although they are assassins 
Sin alone will be our lot if we kill them. Therefore, we cannot kill the sons of Dhritarashtra with their friends. O Madhav, how can we be happy after killing our relatives? Although their minds are befuddled with greed and they do not see the sin that comes from opposing friends or from destroying the family line. O Janardhan, we can see the sin that comes from destroying the family line. Why should we not have the knowledge to refrain from committing this sin? When the lineage is destroyed, the traditional family dharma is also destroyed. When dharma is destroyed, evil overwhelms the entire lineage. O Krishna, when evil arises, the women of the family become corrupted. O descendant of the Vrishnis, when the women are corrupted, hybrid castes are born. Hybrid castes ensure that the lineage and those who destroyed the lineage both go to hell because their ancestors fall and are deprived of offerings of funeral cakes and drink. From those sins of those who destroy the lineage and from hybrid castes being generated, the ancient dharma of the castes and dharma of the family are both destroyed. O Janardhan, if the family dharma is destroyed, those men are doomed to spend an eternity in hell. So we have heard. Alas, because of our greed for the kingdom and for happiness, we've got ready to kill our relatives. We are certain to commit a great sin. With me, unarmed and unresisting, if the sons of Dhritarashtra, with weapons in their hands, kill me in battle, that will be better for me. Saying this, in that battlefield, Arjuna sat down in his chariot. He threw away his bow and arrows. His mind overwhelmed with grief. Srimad Bhagavad Gita Chapter 2 Sanjay said, Seeing him thus overcome with pity, his eyes filled with tears and struck thus with grief, Madhusudan spoke the following words. The Lord said, O Arjun, from where, when we have this emergency, has this kind of weakness overcome you? This does not lead to heaven or fame and characterizes those who are not Aryas. O Partha, give up this weakness. This is not deserving of you. O one who scratches the foes, give up this petty weakness of heart. Arjun said, O Madhusudan, how will I use arrows to fight in this war against Bhishma and Drona? O slayer of enemies, they are deserving of worship. In this world, it is better to beg for arms than to kill one's respected preceptors. If I kill my elders, 
the wealth and other objects of desire that I enjoy will be drenched in their blood. I don't know which is better for us. They defeat us or we defeat them. The sons of Dhritarashtra are in front of me. Those are the people we don't want to kill in order to live. My normal nature has been overtaken by a sense of helplessness. Confused about what is dharma. I am asking you, tell me that which is decidedly best for me. I am your disciple. I have sought refuge in you. Instruct me. This grief is exploiting my senses. And I don't see what will remedy that. Even if I win lordship over the gods or this earth without any enemies and prosperous. Sanjay said, Having said this to Rishikesh, Gudakesh, the scorcher of foes, told Govinda, I will not fight, and fell silent. O descendant of the Bharata lineage, to the person who was immersed in grief between the two armies, as if with a smile, Rishikesh spoke the following words. The Lord said, You speak as if you are wise, but you are grieving over those that one should not sorrow over. The wise don't sorrow over those who are dead or those who are alive. It is not the case that I or you or these kings did not exist before this, nor it is the case that we won't exist in the future. All of us will be there. The soul passes through childhood, youth and age in this body and likewise attains another body. The wise don't get bewildered by this. Oh, Kontya, because of contact between senses and objects, feelings of warmth and cold, pleasure and pain result. But these are temporary and are created and disappear. O oh, descendant of the Bharata lineage, therefore tolerate these. O oh, best among men, the wise person who is not affected by these, and who looks upon happiness and unhappiness equally, attains the right to immortality. That which is untrue doesn't have an existence. That which is true has no destruction. But those who know the truth realize the ends of both these. But know that which pervades all of this is never destroyed. No one can destroy that which is without change. It has been said that all these bodies inhabited by the soul are capable of destruction. But the soul is eternal, incapable of destruction and incapable of being established through proof. Therefore, O descendant of the Bharata lineage, fight. He who knows this as a slayer, and he who thinks of this as something that is slain, both of them do not know. This is not a slayer, nor can it be slain.
This is never born, nor does it ever die. This does not come into existence because it has been born. This has no birth. It is eternal and without destruction. It has no end. When the body is killed, this is not killed. O Partha, he who knows this to be without destruction, eternal, without birth and incapable of change, how can that person cause anyone to be slain? Or how can he slay anyone? Like a person discards worn-out clothes and accepts others that are new, like that, the soul discards worn-out bodies and attains other that are new. Weapons cannot cut this. Fire cannot burn this. Nor can water wet this. And the wind cannot dry this. This cannot be cut. This cannot be burnt. This cannot be wetted. And this cannot be dried. This is eternal and is everywhere. This is stable and does not move. This has no beginning. It has been said that this has no manifestation, that this cannot be thought of, and that this has no transformation. Therefore, knowing this to be like that, you should not grieve. O mighty armed warrior, but if you think this to be subject to continual birth and continual death, even then you should not grieve for this, because death is inevitable for anyone who is born, and birth is inevitable for anyone who is dead. Therefore, because this is inevitable, you should not grieve. O descendant of the Bharata lineage, Beings are not manifest in the beginning. They are manifest in the middle and are not manifest again after death. What is there to sorrow over? Some people see this as a wonder. Like that, some others speak of this as a wonder. And some others hear of this as a wonder. But having heard, they are unable to understand this. O descendant of the Bharata lineage, in everyone's body, the Atma is indestructible. Therefore, you should not mourn about any being. Also considering your natural dharma, you should not waver. Because there is nothing better for a Kshatriya than a war, fought for the sake of dharma. O Partha, this war has arrived on its own, like an open door to heaven. Happy are the Kshatriyas who obtain a war like this. But if you do not take part in this war, in the cause of Dharma, then you will forsake your natural Dharma and fame, and sin will occur to you. And all people will forever talk about your ill fame, for someone who is honored, dishonor is worse than death. These great warriors will think that you have withdrawn from the war because of your fear. And those who have so far respected you will lighten their opinion of you. Your enemies will say many things that should not be said. 
and will criticize your prowess. Is anything more painful than that? If you are slain, you will attain heaven. If you win, you will enjoy the earth. O Kontir, therefore arise, deciding certainly to fight. Therefore, get ready to fight, looking upon happiness and unhappiness, gain and loss, and victory and defeat equally. And sin will not touch you. In this, the possibility of effort coming to waste does not exist, nor is there the chance of committing a sin. Even a little bit of this dharma protects from great fear. O descendant of the Kuru lineage, this certain knowledge is unwavering. But for those who cannot focus, their wisdom is many-branched and like the infinite. O Parth, those who are ignorant say these flowery words, praising the Vedas and claiming there is nothing else. They are addicted to desire. Think of heaven as the supreme objective and are enamored of the fruits of birth and action. They praise many rites and rituals that lead to pleasure and wealth they are addicted to pleasure and wealth, and because of those words, their minds are deluded. They cannot focus on one object, the intellect that allows one to discriminate. The Vedas deal with the three gunas. O Arjun, rise above the three guns. Without doubt, always resort to sattva. Do not be bothered about that what is yet to be attained, or preserving what has already been attained. Realize the Atma. Whatever purpose is achieved by many small bodies of water is also achieved by one large body of water. Like that, whatever all the Vedas achieve is achieved by a person who knows the Brahman. You have the right to action alone. You never have the right to the fruit. Do not be motivated to act because of the fruit. But don't be motivated to not acting either. O Dhananjay, perform action by resorting to yoga. Give up attachment. Look upon success and failure equally. This equal attitude is known as Yoga. O Dhananjay, action is far inferior to the yoga of wisdom. Seek refuge in this wisdom. Pitiable are those who crave after the fruit. He who has this wisdom discards good action and evil action in this life itself. Therefore, use yoga in what you do. Yoga is the skill of action. The learned who have this wisdom abandon the fruit of action and are freed 
from the fetters of birth. They certainly attain that place which is bereft of all blemishes. When your intellect transcends this maze of delusion, then you will attain indifference between that which has already been heard and that which is yet to be heard. Your mind is distracted at what you have heard. But when your intellect is unwavering and focused on Samadhi, then you will attain Yoga. Arjun asked, O Keshav, what are the signs of a person who has attained Samadhi and whose intellect doesn't waver? How does he speak? How does he sit? And how does he walk? The Lord said, O Parth, a person is said to be unwavering in intellect when he banishes all desires from his mind. He is content within his own Atma. He is not disturbed by unhappiness and he is beyond desiring happiness. He has overcome attachment, fear and anger and he is known as a sage who is unwavering in his intellect. In everything, he has no emotion, regardless of whether something pleasant or something unpleasant has been attained. He is not pleased, nor is he dissatisfied, and in him, wisdom is established. Like a tortoise, withdraws its limbs such a person withdraws his senses in every way from sensual objects. In him is wisdom established. Sensual objects are withdrawn from the body of a person who is starving himself, but not desire. In him who has seen the Paramatma, even desire is restrained. O Kontya, even if a learned man takes care, the turbulent senses violently steal his mind. He who is devoted to me controls all those and focuses his mind on me. If a person can so control his senses, in him is wisdom established. If a man thinks about sensual objects, this gives birth to attachment about those. From attachment is created desire, and desire gives birth to anger. Anger gives birth to delusion, and delusion leads to confusion of memory. From confusion of memory comes loss of intellect, and loss of intellect results in destruction. But he who has controlled his mind is freed from attachment and hatred. Having used himself to control his senses, he uses these to enjoy objects and satisfy himself. When there is such serenity, in him is eliminated all unhappiness. Because in the mind of someone at peace, wisdom is quickly established. He who has no control has no intellect. He who has no control has no thought. Without thought, there is no peace. 
How can there be happiness for someone who has no peace? The wind rocks a boat on the water. Like that, the mind follows a sense devoted to objects and even a single sense robs him of wisdom. O oh, mighty armed one, therefore, he whose senses have been withdrawn from objects in every way, in him has wisdom been steadily established. When it is night to ordinary beings, the controlled person is awake then. When ordinary beings are awake, the sage perceives that as night. Just as the waters enter an ocean and leave the full ocean undisturbed, like that all sensual objects enter that person but leave him at peace. Unlike those attached to desire, a man who gives up all desire and exists without longing, without ego, or without a sense of ownership, he attains peace. O Parth, this is the state of being established in the Brahman. If one attains this, one is not deluded. Even at the end, established in this state, one attains union with the Brahman. Srimad Bhagavad Gita Chapter 3 Arjun said, O Janardhan, if in your opinion knowledge is superior to action, then why are you engaging me in this terrible action? These mixed words seem to be confounding my intellect. Tell me definitely that one thing that is best for me. The Lord said, O pure of heart, I have said it before that in this world there are two parts. There is Jnana Yoga for those who follow Shankhya and there is Karma Yoga for yogis. Without performing action, man is not freed from the bondage of action and resorting to sannyasa does not result in liberation. No one can ever exist, even for a short while, without performing action. Because the qualities of nature force everyone to perform action. The ignorant person who exists by controlling his organs of action, while his mind remembers the senses, is said to be deluded and is a hypocrite. O Arjun, but he who restrains the senses through his mind and starts the yoga of action with the organs of action, while remaining unattached, he is superior. Therefore, do the prescribed action, because action is superior to not performing action. And without action, even survival of the body is not possible. O Konthya, all action other than that for sacrifices shackles people to the bondage of action. Therefore, do action for that purpose without attachment. Earlier, Prajapati created beings accompanied by a sacrifice 
and said with this, May you increase and may this grant you all objects you desire. Through this, cherish the gods and those gods will cherish you. By cherishing each other, you will obtain that which is most desired. Because cherished by the sacrifice, the gods will give you all desired objects. He who enjoys these without giving them their share is certainly a thief. Righteous people who enjoy the leftovers of sacrifices are freed from all sins. But those sinners who cook only for themselves live on sin. Beings are created from food, and food is created from rain clouds. Rain clouds are created from sacrifices, and sacrifices are created from action. Know that action is created from the Vedas, and the Vedas are created from the Brahman. Therefore, the omnipresent Brahman is always present in sacrifices. In this way, the cycle goes on, and he who does not follow this is addicted to his senses and lives a sinner's life. O Parth, he lives in vain. But the man who takes pleasure in the Atma is content with the Atma and is satiated with the Atma, has no duties. In this world, he has no need for action, nor anything to lose from inaction. He doesn't need the refuge of any being for anything. Therefore, being attached and always perform prescribed action. Because a man who performs action when unattached attains the highest liberation. Janak and others attained liberation through action. One should perform action with an eye to preserving the worlds. Whatever a great man does, ordinary people also do that. Whatever he accepts as duty, others also follow that. O Parth, in the three worlds, I have no duties. There is nothing I haven't attained. There is nothing yet to be attained. Yet, I am engaged in action. O Parth, if I ever relax and stop performing action, then men will follow my path in every way. If I don't perform action, then all these worlds will be destroyed. I will be the lord of hybrids and responsible for the destruction of these beings. O oh, descendant of the Bharata lineage, ignorant people perform action by being attached to that action. But the wise perform similar action unattached for the welfare and preservation of the worlds. The wise will not befuddle the minds of the ignorant who are attached to action. Being knowledgeable, they will themselves perform all action and keep them engaged. All action is completed in every way through the qualities of nature. He who is deluded by the ego thinks that he is the doer. 
O mighty armed one. But he won't truly knows the division of the qualities and different types of action. Knows that the quality manifests themselves in senses and does not get attached. Those who are diluted by nature's qualities are attached to action by senses and organs. The omni sense should not disturb those ignorant and misguided people. Focusing your mind on the Supreme Being, west all action in me. Be without desire, without ownership, and without fever and fight. People who faithfully and without finding fault always follow this view of mine. They too are freed from the bondage of action. But know that those who in an attempt to find fault don't follow this view of mine. They have no sense and all their knowledge will be deluded and destroyed. Even a wise person acts according to his own nature. Nature drives all beings. Why should one use restraint for each sense in its respective area? Attachment and aversion are certain. But don't be overcome by those. They are obstacles. One's own dharma, even if followed imperfectly, is superior to someone else's dharma even if followed perfectly. It is better to be slain while following one's own dharma. Someone else's dharma is tinged with fear. Arjun said, O descendant of the Vrishni lineage, by whom are these men compelled? Despite being unwilling, it is almost as if they are forced into evil action. The Lord said, this is desire. This is anger. These are born from the Raja's quality. These are insatiable and great sins. Here, know them to be enemies. Like smoke covers the fire, dust covers the mirror, like the womb covers the fetus. In that way, this is covered by that. O Kontia, this is the perennial enemy of the wise. Knowledge is covered by this desire that is insatiable like the fire. All senses, the mind and intellect are its seat. This uses these to veil knowledge and delude beings. O Bull, among the Bharata lineage. Therefore, you should first control your senses, destroy this, that is like sin, and is the destroyer of knowledge. It is said that senses are superior. The mind is superior to the senses. Intellect is superior to the mind. That is superior to intellect. O mighty armed one, in this way, use intellect to realize that which is superior to the intellect. Use your inner strength to calm the Atma 
and destroy the enemy that is difficult to defeat in the form of desire. Srimad Bhagavad Gita Chapter 4 The Lord said, I instructed this eternal yoga to Vaiswat, and Vaiswat told it to Manu, Manu told it to Ikshvaku. In this way, handed down by tradition, the royal sages knew this. O scorcher of foes, in this world, because of the long passage of time, this yoga has been destroyed. You are my follower and friend. Therefore, today, I will tell you that old yoga, because this is excellent and secret knowledge. Arjun said, Your birth was later and Vaiswat's birth was earlier. How will I understand that you instructed this earlier? The Lord said, O Arjun, many are the births that you and I have been through. I know them all. O scorcher of foes, you know not. I have no birth. I am indestructible. I am the Lord of all beings. But even then, though existing in my own nature, I come into existence through my own resolution. O descendant of the Bharata lineage, whenever dharma goes into a decline and adharma is on the ascendance, then I create myself to protect the righteous and to destroy the sinners and to establish dharma. I manifest myself from yuga to yuga. O Arjun, he who thus knows the nature of my divine birth and action, he is not born again when he dies, but attains me. Many purified through the meditation of knowledge have immersed themselves in me and sought refuge in me, discarding attachment, fear and anger, O Parth. Whoever worships me, in whatever way, I entertain them in that way. Everywhere, men follow along my path. In this world, people who desire success in their action, worship gods. Because in the world of men, success through action occurs quickly. In accordance with gunas and action, the four varnas were created by me. But despite being the creator of these, know me to be constant and not the agent. Actions do not touch me, nor do I desire the fruits of action. He who knows me in this fashion is not tied down by action. Knowing this, those who sought liberation in the past performed action. Therefore, 
you perform action alone, the path followed by predecessors in earlier times. Even the wise are confused about what is action and what is inaction. Therefore, I will tell you what action is. Knowing this, you will be freed from evil. Action itself has to be understood and prohibited action must also be understood. Inaction must also be understood because the path of action is difficult to comprehend. He who perceives inaction in action and perceives action in inaction, he is wise among men, has yoga and has the right to all action. He whose efforts are always devoid of desire for fruit and ego. He, whose actions have been burnt by the fire of knowledge. The learned call him wise. He, who has given up attachment to action, and its fruit is always content and without refuge. Even when he is immersed in action, he does nothing. Without attachment, controlled in mind and senses, having discarded all ownership and performing action only through the body, he does not attain the bondage of sin. Satisfied with the unsought gains beyond opposites, bereft of envy and regarding success and failure equally, even if he performs action, he is not bound down. Beyond attachment, free and with the mind established in knowledge, when he performs action for a yajna alone, everything is destroyed. The receptacles used for offerings are the Brahmans. The oblations are the Brahman. In the fire, that is the Brahman. The offerer, who is the Brahman, performs the sacrifice. He who sees thus and is immersed in the Brahman in all action attains the Brahman alone as a destination. Other yogis perform divine yajnas. Others use the yajna as an offering to the fire that is the Brahman. Others offer senses like hearing as offerings to the fire that is self-control. Others offer sounds and other objects to the fire that is the senses. Others offer all action of the senses, an action of the breath of life as offerings to the fire of self-control lit up through knowledge. Some use the yajna of offering gifts. Others use the yajna of penance. Some use the yajna of yoga and still others firm in their resolve and careful use the yajna of knowledge. Others offer the prana breath in the apana breath and the apana breath in the prana breath. Others restrain the flow of prana and apana breath and practice pranayama. Others control their food and offer the senses to the breath of life. All these, learned in the yajnas, become 
sinless through yajnas. The leftovers of sacrifices are like amrit, and those who partake of these attain the eternal Brahman. O oh, best of the Kuru lineage, those who don't perform yajnas have no existence in this world. Forget other worlds. Many yajnas of this type are prescribed in the Brahman's mouth. Know them all to be the outcome of action. Knowing this, you will attain liberation. O scorcher of foes, a yajna performed with knowledge is superior to a yajna full of objects. O Parth, all actions and their fruit end in knowledge. Attain that knowledge by prostrating, questioning and serving. The wise, those who are versed with the truth, will instruct you in wisdom. O Pandav, knowing that you will never fall prey to this kind of delusion again. Through this, you will see all the beings in your Atma and then in me. Even if you are a greater sinner than all the other sinners, you will cross all oceans of sin with the boat of knowledge alone. O oh, Arjun, like a raging fire burns to ashes pieces of wood, like that, the fire of knowledge burns all action to ashes. In this world, there is nothing as pure as knowledge. With the passage of time, he who is accomplished in yoga himself attains that within his heart. Knowledge is attained by the faithful, the unwavering and those who control their senses. Having attained knowledge, they quickly achieve supreme peace. The ignorant, the faithless and the doubting are destroyed. For the doubting person, this world, other worlds and happiness don't exist. O Dhananjay, he who has offered up all action through yoga and he who has used knowledge to slice away doubt, Actions cannot bind such a person who is focused on the Atma. O descendant of the Bharata lineage, therefore, use the sword of knowledge to slice away this doubt in your heart, resulting from your own ignorance. Follow yoga. Arise. Srimad Bhagavad Gita Chapter 5 Arjun said, O Krishna, you are asking me to give up all action and you are also asking me to practice yoga. Between these two, tell me decidedly which one is better. The Lord said, Renunciation and action both lead to liberation. But of these two, Karma Yoga is superior to renunciation of action. O mighty armed one, he who does not desire and he who does not hate, 
know him to be a perpetual sannyasi. Freed from opposites, he is happily freed from bondage. The ignorant, not the wise, speak of renunciation and action as distinct. If one of these followed properly, the fruits of both result. Whatever place is attained by the followers of knowledge is also attained by those who practice action. He truly sees. Who sees renunciation and action as identical? O oh, mighty armed one, without action, renunciation is only the cause of unhappiness. The sage who uses yoga attains the Brahman quickly. He who practices yoga, he who is pure of heart, he who has controlled his body, he who has controlled his senses, he who sees his own Atma in the Atma of all beings, he is not tied down, even if he performs action. The wise who follow yoga know that. They are not doing anything, even when they see, hear, touch, smell, eat, go, dream and breathe, speak, discard, accept, open and close. They think of the senses circulating among the senses. He who establishes himself in the Brahman and giving up attachment, performs action, is not touched by sin, like water on the leaf of a lotus. To purify their hearts, yogis give up attachments and perform action only with their bodies, minds, intellect and senses attached to yoga and discarding attachment to fruits of action. They attain perpetual peace. Those who do not follow yoga and are attached to fruits because of desire remain in bondage. Discarding all action through his mind, the person who controls his body, the city with the nine gates, remains in happiness. He doesn't do anything himself, nor does he cause anyone to do anything. The Atma doesn't create ownership in the body nor action, nor does it create a relation with the fruits of action. Nature acts. The omnipresent Lord doesn't accept the sins or the good deeds of anybody. Knowledge is shrouded in ignorance. That is why beings are deluded. But in those in whom that ignorance has been destroyed by the knowledge of the Atma, in them that knowledge expresses the great truth, like the sun, those whose intellect is focused on that, egos are focused on that, devotion is focused on that, and adherence is focused on that. Those in whom sins have been destroyed through knowledge, those beings are not reborn. The wise look equally upon a Brahman who is learned and humble, a cow, an elephant, a dog, and an outcast. Those whose minds are established in equality overcome the earth in this world. 
because the Brahman is equal and without fault. Therefore, they remain established in the Brahman. Established in the Brahman, such a person learned in the Brahman is poised in intellect and without delusion not delighted at receiving something pleasant or agitated at receiving something unpleasant unattached to external objects his mind focused on the Brahman he obtains the happiness that vests in the Atma he enjoys eternal bliss pleasures from touch have a beginning and an end and are the reason for unhappiness. O Kontya, the wise person does not obtain pleasure from these. In this, before giving up the body, he who can tolerate the forces of desire and anger is a yogi, and such a man is happy. He whose happiness is inside, he whose pleasure is inside, and he whose light is inside, that yogi alone has realized the Brahman and obtains liberation in the Brahman. Those who are without sin, without doubt, controlled in mind and engaged in the welfare of all beings, such rishis attain liberation in the Brahman, freed from desire and anger, controlled in mind, and knowing the Atma. Such sages attain liberation in the Brahman all around them. Banishing external objects of touch from the mind, focusing the eyes between the two eyebrows, controlling the prana and aparna breath equally within the nose, poised in the senses, mind and intellect, beyond desire, fear and anger, Wishing liberation, such a sage is always free. Knowing me to be the enjoyer of all yajnas and penance, the lord of all the worlds and the well-wisher of all beings, attains peace. Srimad Bhagavad Gita Chapter 6 The Lord said, An ascetic and a yogi is he who performs prescribed action without attachment to the fruits of the action, not someone who gives up sacrifices and action. O descendant of the Pandu lineage, what is known as asceticism Know that to be yoga. Because without giving up desire, no one can become a yogi. For a sage desirous of ascending to yoga, action is said to be the means. For a person who has ascended to yoga, tranquility is said to be the means. When a person who gives up desire loses addiction to sensual outcomes, and is also not attached to action, then he is said to have ascended to yoga. Use the Atma to raise the Atma. Do not lower the Atma. The Atma is the Atma's friend, and the Atma is the Atma's enemy. The Atma 
which has been used to conquer the Atma, is the Atma's friend. For someone who has failed to control the Atma, the Atma harms like an enemy. For someone who has controlled the Atma and is tranquil, the Paramatma is undisturbed with cold, warmth, happiness, unhappiness and respect and disrespect. He whose Atma is satiated with knowledge, who is undisturbed and has conquered his senses. And he who looks upon a lump of earth, stone and gold equally, is said to be yogi, who has achieved union. Equal in treatment towards well-wisher, colleague, enemy, neutral, arbiter, a hateful person, friend, and a righteous person or a sinner, he is superior. Seated in a secluded place, alone, controlled in mind and body, without desire, without receiving and giving, a yogi should always try to pacify his Atma. In a pure place that is not too high, not too low, he will place his seat, cloth, and hide on kushagras, there, focusing the intellect, controlling the action of the mind and the senses. Seated on that seat, he will practice yoga to purify the Atma. Still, body, head and neck erect and unmoving, gazing at the tip of one's nose and not looking in any other direction. Tranquil in the Atma, without fear, established in the right of Brahmacharya, controlling the mind and uniting the intellect with me. Immerse yourself in me. In this way, the yogi will always pacify the Atma and be unwavering in his mind and established in me, will attain supreme and peaceful liberation. O oh, Arjun, he who eats too much cannot achieve yoga, nor he who doesn't eat at all, nor he who sleeps too much or stays awake too much. He who is measured in food and movement, measured in effort towards action, measured in sleep and awakening, for him, yoga destroys unhappiness. When the intellect is specially controlled and established in the Atma, in that situation, indifferent towards all desire, yoga is said to have been achieved. For a yogi, whose intellect is controlled and the Atma is united, know the smile to be a lamp that doesn't flicker in a place where there is no wind. When the mind is controlled, and rendered inactive through the practice of yoga. When the Atma sees the Atma in the Atma and is satiated, when he feels the extreme bliss that is beyond the senses and realized through the intellect, undisturbed from truth. Obtaining that, not thinking other gains to be superior to this, established in that, not disturbed even by great unhappiness. Know this, without 
any contact with unhappiness to be yoga. Without hopelessness, one must practice that yoga with perseverance, forsaking in entirety all desire that results from wishes, using the mind itself to restrain the senses from everything, using concentrated intellect to gradually withdraw, establishing the mind in the Atma and thinking about nothing, withdrawing from whatever the fickle and restless mind weaves towards, withdrawing it from that, bring it under the control of the Atma, tranquil in mind, having pacified the Rajas quality without sin, having attained the Brahman, the yogi achieves supreme happiness. Like that, always concentrating on the Atma, the pure yogi easily obtains intense bliss from proximity to the Brahman. The person immersed in yoga looks on everything equally and sees the Atma in all beings and all beings in the Atma. He sees me everywhere and everything in me. I am never invisible to him, nor is he invisible to me. He is based in equality and worships me. I, who am present in everything, wherever that yogi is, he is established in me. O Arjun, he who compares with his own self and regards happiness and unhappiness in everything equally, that yogi is supreme according to me. Arjun said, O Madhusudan, because of restlessness, I don't see the yoga based on equality that you have propounded as permanent. O Krishna, the mind is restless and the senses strong and firm. Therefore, I think restraining it is as difficult as the wind. The Lord said, O mighty armed one, there is no doubt that the mind is restless and difficult to control. But O Kontya, through practice and detachment, it can be restrained. My view is that yoga is difficult for someone whose mind is uncontrolled. But it is possible to achieve for someone whose mind is controlled and who makes special effort. Arjun said, O Krishna, a person who has faithfully practiced yoga but later becomes careless and his mind deviates from yoga, cannot achieve liberation through yoga. What happens to him? O mighty armed one, distracted from the path of attaining the Brahman, such a wavering person is dislodged from both, like a torn cloud. Doesn't he perish? O Krishna, I have this doubt that only you can completely eliminate because there is no one other than you who can remove this doubt. The Lord said, O Parth, in this world, nor in the other world, is there any destruction. Because, O Son, 
A person who acts well never comes to grief. He who has deviated from the path of yoga attains the worlds of the righteous and dwells there for many years. Thereafter, he is born in a righteous and wealthy household. Or, he is born in the family of wise yogis. But such birth is very rare in this world. O descendant of the Kuru lineage, in that birth, obtains that intelligence about liberation from an earlier birth and thereafter strives again for liberation. Because of that earlier practice, is almost involuntarily attracted. A person who seeks yoga transcends the Vedas, striving harder than on that earlier occasion. Pure in heart, the yogi obtains liberation after many lives and later achieves the supreme objective. The yogi is superior to those who practice austerities, superior to a learned, superior to those who perform action. That is my view. O Arjun, therefore become a yogi. My view is that he who is devoted and worships me with his self immersed in me is the most accomplished among all yogis.